and shiny. Subscribe <laughs> to Simply Bow. Bitcoin. Is this the intro music? Yeah, I do it myself. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome in. You made it to another episode of the Meme Factory podcast. This is test stream. Sorry, stream test number 60. This evening, uh, we are joined by none other than Alan Farrington, Rocky the Squirrel himself. Alan, if you uh, could take a moment and give yourself, uh, give everybody here the elevator speech of who the fuck you are and what the fuck you do. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't even have a speech. I have like four words or something. This is what they always say as my bio when I'm at, at like a conference or, or something like that. It's yeah. always just writer and investor. That's it. I, I sometimes ask them to say shit poster as well, but it depends on like you know how big a pr team they have if they you know eventually that gets vetoed but i think that's that's more important that's what i'm known for at least it came through our pr team just fine so i'm glad you brought yeah. it up don't think it's gonna you should probably just drop the writer investor stuff no one really cares about that no not at all just the shit posting is really what yeah. uh, professional gets you the most attention yeah. all right so uh i'm not sure if you've ever seen the show before you know how it works um we get most of our ad revenue in a particular way. It's that uh, the sponsors require our guests to, do the, to read the ad. So uh, just now I've sent you the ad copy that was sent to us. Uh, it's a little bit of an iffy sponsor this week, but uh, needs to be read so we get paid. So when you get a second... This is pretty long. Okay. It's not that uh, long. You shut up and you read it. Do, do you want me... Should I read it first or should I just... Should I read it aloud without knowing you, what you it is? You can do whatever you like. As long as it gets read, we get paid. I mean, sorry, I no, I absolutely vouch for this. Yeah, I, I completely stand by whatever it is I'm about to say. Perfect. Let's go. Good evening, everyone. My name is Alan Farrington, and this episode of the Mean Factory podcast is brought to you by the genius altruistic mind of Sam Bankman-Fried, the book Cinerator 3000, because just learning from your past isn't good enough. We must repeat it. Und Bernsey books. In the idiotic words of SBF, quote, if you wrote a book, you fucked up, end quote. And to back up his highly regarded words with actions, he has coupled his ability to make money disappear into thin air with his ironic hatred of documentation of any type. The book Cinerator 3000 will make history of any book within three seconds flat, which is still faster on average than the time it took to leverage an FTX deposit to the moon. So hop on over to our store and pick up your very own Book Cinerator 3000 today, and you'll be cooking the books like SBF in no time. Yay! Yay. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Thank you. I want one. We get paid now. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this, this whole thing has now been funded. Excellent. <laughs> we can continue. Yes. <laughs> We're running a tight ship around here. Ah, uh, so what's up? What's uh, what's this doll you've got in front of you? Oh, you don't know what this is? Oh, I do, but is... I want you to explain. Oh, okay. Well, so I actually don't really know that much about the... I like, I see this all the time on Twitter. I'm not sure I actually know the backstory of, like, the character. Okay. But it's very cute. This actual version, though, like, the one that I'm holding in my hand, uh, this was the present that I got my wife from Pacific Bitcoin, which I did in kind of a panic because... I was there for like four or five days or something. 
uh, and I said I would get her a present, and I obviously didn't mean that at all. But then I remembered that I'd said it <laughs> immediately before leaving, and I was looking around the you know the merch store that they have there, and I don't think she really. I mean, she doesn't want this either, but she definitely doesn't want everything else they had, and this was like the closest. So uh, uh, his name's. Yeah, I'm gonna have to interrupt you. Way, uh, Rusty has a question. Sorry, we're not, we can't hear any more about it. Rusty, what's up? Hey, Alan. I was just wondering is is your wife in the room with us right now? <laughs> no, she's not. Is there a follow-up question? <laughs> Rusty, no, no, hold no, on. We no, got no, 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 no. I, I was just no. making, uh, yeah, just making a joke about the wife not existing. Um, no, I, uh, I got you. I got you. Well, he's not a shit queen. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so we got to get back for that because I was on the phone with Rusty yesterday and I was talking about a girl I've been going out with. And he and he used the exact same joke. So, is she in the room with you right now? God damn it! Throwing it right under the bus. So I'm but guessing you know they didn't have any books in Raider Three Thousand. Like, Cast that at almost any other. Well, maybe not almost any other time. There's a, like it's quite late here, so she's gone to bed already. But there are many other times you could have asked that where it would have been really funny because where I am, I'm in my kitchen right now, right? And both me and my wife work from home. And, but we don't let, like our apartment's kind of quite small. So she works in the living room and I work in the kitchen, but obviously every now and then she comes in, right? And occasionally that will be when I'm on a call. And so she'll notice that and she'll be like really quiet. She'll be like, obviously right behind where, you know, the screen is and where the camera is pointing this way. Um, and then I just try not to laugh at whatever she's doing. And I try to say, stay serious while I'm, you know, working. Um, but it is entirely possible that you can be like, is your wife in the room now? And I'd be like, yeah, she's over there. She's totally real. She's, she's right there. She's trying not to make any noise. That's interesting because Becca also does her best work in the kitchen as well. Yes, I do. And actually, speaking of the kitchen, and Greg forgot, um, I'm going to take your sandwich order. Totally so I'm going to share my screen, hopefully. Yes. So you can pick one of my sandwiches here and then I'll have um, my pigeon carriers bring it over. So we have a Bitcoin fixes this bison burger. So it's a locally sourced bison burger grilled on an S9 by Guy Swan. <laughs> Second, we have a books are for losers lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Six lettuce wraps filled with shredded FTX non-existent financial documents. And here at the bottom are trusted um, house specials, um, yellows, don't stop believing, steak sandmi, which has been marinated in Red Bull for 372 days. So I will take your order now. It seems like a trick question. You obviously have to go for one. Or you like number one or just one of the choices. Yeah, the the isn't Bitcoin fixes it burger. That's got a little one beside it. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was just for me, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean like you can only order one thing off that. I mean I'll take two. You can't order all burgers. three. So, I mean, do you want Guy Swan grilling your bison burger? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or he looks like he knows how to grill. Yeah. 
or some lettuce wraps filled with <laughs> not really or yellow he's not here but you know he's working hard on marinating the steak he's certainly marinating yeah i feel like it might be too marinated i don't know is it is that like wine you know like it gets better and better but then eventually it peaks and then it gets worse yeah Possibly. That's cool for sure. i would have thought like one or two days would be the ideal doesn't he marinate with red bull too yeah, yeah. Red Bull. Yeah. And and a lot of malakum as well. A lot yeah. of malakum. So you know. I don't know if you can trust a puppet, so you need to take that into consideration too. Oh Rusty's gonna get in an accident. <laughs> oh Rusty, no. All right, so Alan, is that the order of the uh the number one, the Bitcoin oh, yeah, yeah, burger? Yeah, definitely the burger. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right, we'll uh yeah, free, ready free for merch. You. Free merch with that one, free hat. That burger. <laughs> Rusty burger. Oh, yeah, that's that's great actually. I love Bitcoin. I don't know if you can tell. I'm I'm wearing a Bitcoin merch hat right now. Oh nice. Most of the time actually I'm wearing Bitcoin merch caps. Is that because you like Bitcoin or because you're balding? <laughs> it's preparation for when I probably will be balding. Okay. The thing is Why like, not so I have this I have this good trick, right? Where right now sometimes I wear a cap, sometimes mm -hmm. I don't. So people are like, ah, oh, he does have hair. I see. But then I just get them used to the, the trick to both of them, to the fact that I have hair and that I like caps, and then eventually I start balding. I only ever wear caps, but nobody knows. So which uh, which preparation is this? If you already source preparations A through G, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know what any of this means because I haven't actually had to look into it yet. Okay, so is this, this not is, oh. so it is preparation H. <laughs> all right great you say so is that the best one is, is that like, like the the most recent... on the whole on the whole i feel pretty good about preparation age <laughs> so all right so the toy you got for your wife is a lovely toy it's created by a woman by the name and i might mispronounce her name but it's i think it's lena or lina sage and its name is oh yeah no no i know that i just don't hotter. know like but yeah. where it came from because i feel like i i was aware of it i became aware of it after it was very much already a thing gotcha. and so i don't know if there's like a backstory to it at all yeah i need one so yeah, Nina, no, i saw her watching. i didn't speak to her but she yeah. was she was there in la how many people I didn't, were in i didn't speak to you i didn't speak to you when i was down there in la how well, do we not go. see each other out there well, you're, hard, what you want. you're hard to find sean i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. Can't really pick you out of a crowd. It's hard. I don't really blame him. I was by the basketball court too. Basically long, invisible. Like if I wanted to avoid Sean, I would just avoid the basketball court. Is that what you did? Yeah, I didn't really like. I I went over there once or twice, but it didn't really seem like anything was happening. But then there was a lot of tweets about how it was apparently very exciting. So I don't know. I obviously just wasn't looking at the right time. That's yeah, right. There, I gather there was some quite involved competition, but I never saw that. Corey won a three-point competition out he there. Did. I heard it was quite good. That sounds like it was fixed. Anyway, yeah. It might be. Now, <laughs> now, you may not have seen because you were banging out an article while you were there, which is impressive in and of its own. <laughs> well, that definitely wasn't at the same time as the basketball. So <laughs> the reason that happened is that I was just ridiculously jet-lagged because I, I got in like the day of, I think, or maybe, maybe the day before. I forget exactly when. But I arrived and just like started doing things right away, basically. But it's an eight hour time difference or something. And I just never got over that. And so on the Friday morning, I 
think. Yeah, I woke up at like four. And I was, oh, the other funny thing was that, so that my panel was um, the Bitcoin not shitcoin panel, which is hilarious. Cause like, obviously they picked that title weeks ago and then it just got incredibly lucky, you know, because like, the FTX thing was like two, three days before. The FTX thing actually happened while I was on the flight there. Nice. Right, so that's that's how close it was. Um, it was and like I was chatting Sam to Bacon Dan about it before. TV. Sorry? I was say it's like Sam Bankman tweeting before you left. Oh, everything's fine. There's an attacker coming after us. And then you land and it's like, thank you, CZ, for taking over. You know, something actually, something similar to that happened, which I thought was even funnier, that right when I was about to take off, there was, that was roughly when the rumors of it were first coming out. So I messaged a friend being like, oh shit, I think FTX is going down. And then I just got on the plane. And then it's like, it's like a 10, 11 hour flight or something. Yeah. So then when I got off, the plane and you know got my messages again there was one maybe three or four hours after the first one where he's like nah we definitely know if that was gonna happen and then four hours after that saying oh shit you were right and then like four hours after that is when i read it but i read them both at the same time so i was like nah, suck it <laughs> um, but anyway yeah so i was um i was very jet lagged i woke up at like four and for the panel the day before I'd been chatting to Jan about it. And so it was me, Lynn and Jan, and then Peter McCormack was hosting it. Um, and But we like didn't need to prep anything at all, really. We were just all kind of laughing and you know riffing off how stupid this was. But I was saying to, to Jan that the day before, I did try to prep it like a little bit. I did try to write some notes for what might come up. But I ended up getting on this thread, which like it just became really long and like me typing up in the notes and it got to the point where i was like oh, i actually can't really talk about this because it's going to end up being like a 10 minute monologue or something so i went from being really excited about it to then by the time i was done i spent maybe uh, 30 minutes or something like writing the whole thing out when i got to the end i was like I actually really hope they don't ask me about this. Like, I hope this doesn't come up at all because I want to save this. And then as soon as we got off stage, I was like, yeah, it didn't come up. It's amazing. I can, I can still do this. And then I did it the next morning. when now I, was I have content. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yes, free content. Content I didn't waste on stage. I got you. So to to summarize, you were... Uh... You did a poor job prepping for the event, which, <laughs> I did led, which led to a prepping. great job I prepping for, for too it. much. I did so much prep, I didn't even need to say this. Okay. Okay. I got you. I see you're a hard worker. That's where, oh, we're, yeah. where we're landing on this. <laughs> so, all right. So speaking of FTX, what everybody's curious about is where does the yield come from? And I think you might have a good answer for me. I have the answer. It's not. It's not a good answer. Tell me, where does the yield come from? Everybody knows this by now. The yield is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, speaking of Bitcoin merch, I don't know if any of you guys know this, but I have a t-shirt that says that on it. Unfortunately, I'm not wearing it now. I actually, I wore it on another podcast like three days ago, also okay. talking about FTX. I made the point that time, but you know, therefore it is now dirty, unfortunately. Okay. So you're making us feel good, feel special. Yeah. All right. So well, I didn't know what you wanted to talk about. That one was explicitly about this. And it was also, to be fair, right? It was like a sort of a normie tradfi one where I was getting brought in as the crazy Bitcoiner. And so I was especially keen to get that meme on their radar. Whereas honestly, I thought you guys all knew this. Like, I don't need to, you don't need to read it on my t-shirt. You like live on Twitter, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yes. We've built our house of cards on that platform. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Alright, so you also said recently that um, you were riffing on a Croesus piece, the yuppie elite, and why they don't get Bitcoin. And oh, yeah, I remember saying something about it. I mean, that's great. Like, I do read that again every now and then. No, that's a great What piece. exactly did I say? It was like that I wanted well, to write. Well, you, you said you wanted to write an article about... Um, yeah, I don't know if you know this, right? I do that a lot. Like, I very often tweet that I'm going to write things I don't end up writing. No, 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 no. I'm familiar with the practice. I, I tweeted the other day that I was going to make a meme out of an Anthony Pompliano, Pompliano video, and I've done nothing, so... Okay, but why do you do it, though? Because I, I actually have quite a... Because cynical... I wanted to. I wanted to, oh, and then okay. I got I got into the weeds, and I was like, eh, I don't know if there's anything here, you know. Yeah, that's way more naive than approach. Mine is like totally taking advantage of my audience. The reason I do it is that if I tweet that I'm going to write about something, and then it gets enough engagement, that encourages me to write about it. If it doesn't, I'm like, ah, it's probably not a good idea then. Ah, smart, smart. smart. I'm gonna mm. go back and see the likes on that pump tweet. <laughs> so Alan only writes. <laughs> Alan only writes for the engagement. Doesn't write for the purity of it. I told you, I'm a professional <laughs> shit person. <laughs> this is what we all do, Sean. All right, uh, Rusty, what you got? Yeah, I'm. I'm the opposite. I'll. I'll talk about doing a graphic of something, and if I get enough engagement, then I've already got the engagement, and I don't need to actually do the graphic. That's <laughs> a, so I'm. Com- I'm like it's the same opposite. result, Rusty. The same result. That counts. I like that. No, I like Rusty's process. I think he wins. <laughs> oh man! Thanks, so Rick. You, you're welcome. So you you it intrigued me. I'm hoping you're going to write an article on why the yuppie elite, who the yuppie elite are, and why they might embrace shitcoins. So oh what yeah, are your, yeah, why they embrace shitcoins? Yeah. What are your, I mean, it was kind your, of the same thing as that article, though, right? It's like that. That's that's what gave me the idea well it's the inverse of the article i mean if safe can write a book on the bitcoin standard and then write another book on the fiat standard oh I yeah imagine. no not not the the um why the up elite uh what, what's it it's not hate is it what's the title of the original it's why they don't get bitcoin i don't know why, why they don't get bitcoin, he used yeah. a smarter word no, i didn't mean that one i meant my one i meant the the crypto is silicon valley one it's like an extension oh. of that it's the same thought yeah much. you said uh crypto or silicon valley is peak fiat and crypto is yeah. peak Silicon Valley or something similar. Yeah. I think it's it's just kind of an extension of the same thing with less focus on Bitcoin. I think you just need to also, like everybody knows this, I'm sure you don't really need this explained, but that Silicon Valley is kind of, it, it has enormous cultural cachet, right? It's it's cool to, well, maybe not anymore. Maybe, hopefully that's changing now, but for a very long time, and increasingly so over time, it was cool to be associated with Silicon Valley. So that was basically where I was going with that. But therefore, you accidentally slip into shitcoinery if you're, you know, minded to like How? follow these. How? Like chase, basically. Why? Why? What is the culture in Silicon Valley that leads them to liking shitcoins, though? Connect, connect uh, so a bunch of things. I mean, the article's not very long. I can just pull it up and read it to you right now if you want. <laughs> I want your thoughts. I want your unadulterated thoughts. You're going to do do Guy Swan's job? Come on. (laughs) I think he's done it already, actually. It's I came out if he did. Yeah, Uh, yeah, we could play that. We could all listen to it. It could be like, you know those TikToks where half the TikTok is literally just someone watching the other TikTok. We could do that. It's like a reaction. (laughs) The reaction of it. Okay, no, no, sorry. The question, right, is why why does Silicon Valley uh, like Shagun? So I, I think most of what I was saying was 
kind of tongue in cheek. Like it's not a super serious analysis. I'm basically just taking the piss out of it. But I think there is like a kernel of truth in it. So Absolutely. there's a couple of things. So one is that their their own financial position is predicated on increasingly needing to chase yield. So this is something I, I actually don't think most people really know this because you you have to be quite deep in the weeds of like how capital markets work, I guess, to, to, to go this far. I think most people's understanding is something like, or misunderstanding is something like, well, you know, Silicon Valley as a, as a, as an establishment, right. As like an entity, uh, it has all this money to invest because it's made loads of money. It's made loads of really successful investments and either just recycling that, which is not true at all. Right. They get their money from pension funds which are like orders of magnitude bigger in terms of, you know, how much capital they have to deploy. And so one of the points, one of the three points basically that I make uh, to start with is that it's, they don't have all this money because they're amazing at investing. They have it because the wider world is increasingly broke, right? And needs to go further and further up the risk curve or out the risk curve uh, to compensate for, uh, yields coming down and down, right? So, uh, ultimately, central bank reserve rates, but therefore, basically, every interest rate is coming down and down and down. Uh, real returns getting more and more expensive. The pension funds themselves have to go further out the risk curve, which means they have to allocate more to Silicon Valley. And then Silicon Valley is in the position where their, you know, their mandate in the first place is you also have to generate more like your return profile and your risk profile needs to be even more skewed so the argument i'm making is that like you can kind of see the progress of this in terms of what they're known for doing and the kind of things they're known for wanting to invest in and championing uh becoming basically <laughs> you could say dumber and dumber but um to be nicer about it i guess more and more out there like more and more moonshotty and then you see more and more like ridiculous failures where you're like how on earth could you possibly think this was going to work but then occasionally something does actually go up a thousand times and so the argument is well crypto is just like the absolute extremity of that is like everything is dumb but you know maybe one will a thousand or ten thousand x and so it's it's the the natural financial profile of crypto is something that they're very used to anyway and are constantly being pushed more and more in that direction so that's one i don't know if you want to dissect that a bit or you want me to go into the other two well i wanted to back up and make sure that everybody understands the framework within which you're making this argument and that's the framework that uh in order for the financial system to work we've all agreed essentially that uh, we need at least 2% inflation every year. So we need to debase the money's monetary supply by 2% every year in order to maintain the financial system that we have. And the compounding effects of that are that you have to chase yield, like you're saying. So you can't just sit on money. It yeah. doesn't work. Anymore. It's worse than just that, though, because if it if it were kind of, I guess, static in that sense, if it were, in fact, only 2%, 2, 2 inflation. Well, 2% is the, the, the Fed funds target, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously it's like completely disconnected from reality. But just for the sake of argument, if that was what was actually happening, what I just described would be nowhere near as bad. I mean, it probably wouldn't exist at all because it wouldn't have got this far. I would disagree because of the, compound interest, right? On a long enough timeline, that 2% a year gets huge. That's true, but you also progress through time. 
So from your perspective, it's still only ever that current year, it's still only ever 2%. But it has a more insidious effect, which I was about to say, right? Which is that the longer that goes on, the more capital gets misallocated because of this price, like the price of capital being incorrect in the first place. And that's what begins to, I'd say like not just compound, but accelerate almost, right? Because the more capital you've misallocated, the lower your real returns are going to start to be which means you need to do this more to make up for that. And then it makes it worse. And then you need to do it more to make up for that. And, and this is what pushes you out the risk curve completely against everybody's will. Right. Well, and, and from the business standpoint too, right? If you think about what Michael Saylor would, would talk about at the beginning was that you know a lot of these pensions didn't want to invest in MicroStrategy because they were already a mature company and you know they had to... Like for them to grow, they had to grow exponentially every single year. Yeah, debasing with debasing money, and so if they're trying to grow exponentially, they can't do that once they're already a mature company. So then mm-hmm. these pension funds would say, "Well, we would just go invest in the S and P five hundred instead of investing specifically in, in a micro strategy." Sure. Yeah. Well, that's step one, right? So what they're saying there is we're going to move away from a specific, basically, value investment. That's I don't really like that terminology, but like. People yeah. more or less get what it means. Like, you know, mature company priced on its yield effectively, which is a funny link to all of this. Uh, <laughs> you're going to move that, move from that specifically to the S&P 500, which is it's maybe not a fair comparison because obviously that's, you know, it's like 500 companies rather than just one, but certainly it's up the risk spectrum because the the median uh, investment in that, uh, what do you call it? Like bucket uh, is significantly growthier and riskier than MicroStrategy is. And so basically what I'm saying is it's like that, but just over and over and over again, because eventually you'll get to the same point with the S&P 500. So actually, sorry, th- that's not hypothetical. That is literally exactly what has happened, right? So the movement from the movement the sailor is describing from MicroStrategy to the S&P because MicroStrategy isn't risky enough and isn't growthy enough, that just happens over and over again. So then you go from the S&P to like only, you know, the NASDAQ or like some tech index or something. And then you have to go to junk bonds, like some kind of absolute return <laughs> thing, which is necessarily riskier. And then eventually you get to early stage VC, which is the riskiest of all. But now you have crypto, which is great. It's even dumber. <laughs> it's even further out there. So yeah, eventually you you have to get there. And so that, that was kind of the point I was making that, um, that, well, there is one key difference though, which is that even though it's been completely corrupted, like all the incentives are wrong, all the prices are wrong, at least the principle of early stage venture capital is sound, right? You can actually generate returns that way. You can build real companies and real value and real wealth that way. What's really amusing is that it's been the the signals, if you like, the, the not just the price signals, but I think the cultural signals as well have been so manipulated that it's become so extreme in Silicon Valley, like the, basically just the way people think about things that they can't even tell that crypto is complete bullshit. It just, it, it, it looks right enough that they're like, yeah, sure. Let's put $50 billion into this. Why not? Salmon on the blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think about, think about a guy like Rob Powell, who, you know, he's an, like, he's a career financial guy. And he used to be about Bitcoin, and one day he flipped to every single altcoin imaginable. And his whole idea was, well, they're just going to follow the trajectory of Bitcoin. You know, like like Ethereum is just going to follow Bitcoin's price, and like based off of nothing, 
other than charts. You know, he didn't look at what, <laughs> yeah. what Ethereum actually is, what Bitcoin actually is, just purely off of, you know, it's, it's industry-like in his mind. And so if it's in the mm. same industry, then it's going to have the exact, yeah, yeah. then it's going to have the exact same uh, price trajectory. So, and that's what, you know, that's what a guy who's going out to all these VCs is telling them and they're, and they're eating it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they would, so this is, a, this is only like one sentence or something in the post, but uh, they wouldn't have 40 or 50 years ago, if the same thing had been around then the culture and everything I just mentioned, right Their their way of thinking wouldn't have been so perverted as to fall for this because they were still actually making useful stuff. then. <laughs> they were doing their, cause it, you know, it's exactly like I was saying, it has a perfectly legitimate function. The investment rationale is sound. It just depends, you know, how you do it and i guess what what pressures you're facing in the first place that motivate how you're deciding to do it like are you investing in i don't know apple or intel or something like that or are you investing in dogecoin <laughs> don't even say it <laughs> or ftt actually that's a far better example because dogecoin Perfect. one is a joke and two as far as i'm aware isn't pumped by many probably any but maybe there is one or two, you know, crypto VCs and hedge funds, whereas like yeah, <laughs> FTX, FTT, I didn't even know what that was until last week, but Shit, like, of course, it was $10 billion or whatever. <laughs> All right. So hit me with the other two. You said that was the first setup. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, that's the yield chasing. Okay. Right? Uh, the next one, what is it? Ah, yeah. yeah. Dematerialization. So this is a bit more, abstract i guess but we actually covered some of it in in the in the previous explanation anyway but that um and the motivation is the same right again it's because they're just you know their their attitudes to investing have to get crazier and crazier and they have to get further out the risk spectrum and they have to i think another consequence of that is kind of a, an intermediate step is they have to get more and more software centric right rather than actually making useful stuff but but basically the idea being that they you know, they start, this is why I used, I deliberately used Intel and Apple as kind of joke examples that they started off making useful stuff and selling useful stuff. Then they shifted. And this is like, this is obviously a generalization. This isn't every single investment, but like the, the norm, right. Is they then move to, uh, making and selling software primarily. Then they move to making and renting access to software. And then they move to making and renting access back to useful stuff again. And then I, this again, this is tricky with all this because it's like kind of a joke, but they might actually believe it. Like I say it as a joke, but they probably don't. That you know, from that final step, they then go to just selling you like literally nothing at all. You just give them money, and that's it. That's it. yours. Is completely the exchange is completely dematerialized. You own <laughs> nothing, and you're happy, and that's and that's the end of it. Um, so like, obviously that's not how they would pitch it, but I think that there is like a, there's like a, wait, did you just say they wouldn't pitch it as you'll own nothing and be happy? Cause I think that pitch I... has been made. <laughs> yeah, but not, not as a product. It's more as like a political program. Right. I don't think, I don't think they've quite got to the point yet where they are, where they just say, please give us money and we won't give you anything, but they're, but they're acting. So this is what exactly what I was about to say, right. That the, they are acting out regardless. Right. They, it's like the, the cultural push in this direction is so 
strong that they, they don't realize what it is they're actually saying anymore. And I think they justify all of this. And so this isn't a joke, right? This does actually extend to explaining their attitude towards crypto, I think, in large part, um, that that transition from, you know, the one end is like, well, I'll just buy actually useful stuff from you. And then it gets more and more dematerialized. Their rationalization of this is that it's efficient, right? That it's it's more, you can maybe even say it's like capital efficient. I don't know if that makes quite as much sense on like an individual basis, but you know, you don't, you don't need to own everything, right? It's, it's far, it's far. Yeah. I can't really think of a word other than efficient, actually. It's far more efficient to just only rent things exactly when you need them. Right. Just in time ownership. Ooh. Yeah. Something like that. Or well, not even ownership, just in time usage. Just in time usage. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, basically, it's like, true on a technicality but it's kind of a scam like it doesn't really make sense in some like all the time like you just can't live your life that way it's every now and then if you like you know if you basically if you know that you're going to need something like exactly when you're going to need it and exactly how much you can be a bit more oh and also you know it's going to you're going to be able to get it right you know the, the provision is going to be absolutely fine there's nothing to worry about you can be like more exposed to that. You can be more vulnerable to that going wrong. But if you have that attitude to everything, then you're just constantly getting fucked, right? You just like, you, you own nothing and you're not happy because it's a terrible idea. <laughs> you, and so I honestly think that's what motivates the, the, the cultural, I guess, embrace of, Christo, of crypto because they, they see it as the next step in exactly that, like march to ever greater efficiency, but actually it's just like economic nonsense. So that was number two. This makes me think of, you owe nothing, you're happy. Yeah. This makes me think of like, uh, like do you remember Cards Against Humanity? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah no, I think I know what you're gonna say. Back, right? they, they literally sold shit to people in boxes. Yep. Yeah. And they advertised it and they said that they were gonna do it and then they did it and they sold a ton of it, right? So they're just like, and people got it. They're opening up this box and it was just literally full of shit. So. <laughs> all right. Hey, let's Fun back up a sec. Cards Against Humanity is one of my favorite games of all time. Okay. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a fun game. It's a fun game. Oh, I have, so I have a hot take on that though, right? It's, it is good provided you're playing it with people who are funny. Yes. Have you ever played it with people who are not funny? Because it's painful. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. That's the well, that's basically just life in general. <laughs> but but you yeah. should just you should be yeah. removing those people from your life anyway. Yeah, exactly. If you know yeah, yeah. They're, they're not funny, that's, they probably, can, that's probably true. They can go be well, sad was, down at the pub. I was gonna give one more example too. Was recently there was this girl who was selling her farts in a jar. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, For research so like, purposes, we, where should one uh, find Sean? We're farts? live right now. We're like, okay. What I'm talking about, like, this is the things that, like, Fiat has literally. Sean, how many farts in a jar did you buy? I mean, do we want to be honest? They smell. They smelled all right. I liked her brand. Her no brand one asked you. No one asked you. How many? How many did you buy? How many? Twenty-one. It's a good number. Jars or farts, or is it what? Is it one to one? Ooh, good well, question. There's oh. a pie ratio. There's a pie ratio of farts in each jar. I bought 21 times 3.14, 159. Do you get a travel size too? 
<laughs> is that like a smaller size or yeah. one, five, you can nine, take three, it with one like being on an airplane or something. nine seven nine three two snap out of it greg sorry i, I, miss, I was just missing labra that's all I miss <laughs> all right let's keep oh, this moving have, number three we have a do we have a, a fake or not a what? fake or not fake or not what? Okay, does no one else remember this from the from the chat that doesn't exist? Well, fake or not? Fake or not? Oh, fake or not? No, no. We, yeah, we didn't get it set up tonight, Sean. Yeah, it's not set up for tonight. Yeah, sorry, Sean. Unless you've got a news piece that you want to share. I, I could do one. Yeah. I could do one. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. He might. Well, okay. So we, we're, I'm going to read a news headline to you, and you have to tell us, is it fake or not? Okay. Okay. Or not. <laughs> just, just in, FTX co-founder files emergency legal document alleging Bahamas regulators instructed Sam Bankman-Fried to transfer company assets to the government. Which government? The the Baham the, the Bahaman the Bahamian mm. the Bahaman government. Fake or not? Not. Come bullshit. Correct. That is true. That is a true headline. The regulators in in the Bahamas told him that he had to basically hack FTX and send his funds to the government in the Bahamas. What a world are we living in? I think that's good for Bitcoin. Yes. As in, like, not if he did it, but as in, like, it's true that they asked him to do it. That's good for Bitcoin. That means they get it. Everything's good for Bitcoin. Well, yeah, but but he didn't. I don't think he even had any Bitcoin on his balance sheet at the time. So I think he had one. Oh, that's right? true. Yeah, Was they it just one Bitcoin. <laughs> one point one. Yeah, uh, Bitcoin. That's better. That's better than the fractional reserve uh, in the United States that you need. It went down to zero percent. Yeah, true. In, it's true. During the pandemic. He was doing. Oh, I heard. I heard such a. I probably read on Twitter such a good uh, characterization of it. Right, FT. You ready for this? FTX is a fictional reserve bank. I'm gonna start using that. I like that. Fractional, fictional. You heard it here first. Mean Factory Podcast. Well, I mean, I. Someone. (laughs) Someone else. No, no. Anybody watching? Not you, Alan. God. (laughs) Well, they would have read it, but they wouldn't have heard it. So they heard it here first. Uh, yeah, good point. All right, they did hear it her first. Let's <laughs> let's let's go on to number three. I don't want to I don't want to miss out on all three pieces. Oh here. yeah, uh, what was number three? Oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, monopolization of access, right? So this is picking up from I think probably the last point before it got to crypto that on you know the, on the march to dematerialization. So. Um, renting access to useful stuff right right and the thing here is that the and again it's tied in with all the same stuff you know just um uh chasing yield further out the risk curve more and more software centric blah 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 um but what's particularly nice so what what i'm trying to encapsulate with that is like um Oh, what, what, what do you call them as a whole? Platform marketplaces, I guess. 
um, which are, if you pull them off, are potentially amazing investments because they have network effects, basically. And they, they have very, very little actual capital requirements. It's basically just a website and all the users do everything for you, right? right. Um, so that, again, in, in a similar way to the dematerialization stuff, is it it's kind of makes sense on a technicality that that's a good thing yeah but it's sort of a faustian bargain i think is the way that i put it that it's very short-sighted it's very high time preference basically to get uh to to allow this to happen as customers because you're trading sort of very slight efficiency now because it is really easy to use these things right it's good to have all this stuff in the same place uh, but you're trading that for the ability for them to rent seat from you basically forever. And it would in fact be far better. And incidentally, this is something that Bitcoin is probably going to enable to some extent. Be far, far better if what was uniform in terms of the marketplace was just the information, right? If you can, because that's really the benefit you get from it. Like that's the efficiency that the customers get is being able to basically search everything at once. That's pretty much all it boils down to and not have to constantly go around lots of different options, but just see it all and like organize it in a helpful way. That's super useful. But the, to go back to the, like the title of the topic, the monopolization of access is really, really bad because that's the part that they get to rent seek. Um, and so again, the argument is that, uh, Crypto is just like taking this to its completely idiotic extreme where not only do you have to use their marketplace, you have no choice, right? It's not just the information. It's like accessing it at all requires going through them. You also have to use their money. Like in order to, you can't just, you can't use like real money or normal money. You have to use the money that they the have also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the last one. That's uh uh, this other sort of weird similarity that I think they're culturally inclined to not realize is really stupid, basically. Like they're because they've, they've the come works. up with a version of it that's so similar that they just associate. They look at it and like, oh, okay, yeah, we kind of get that, but they don't. They don't get it at all because it's, it makes no sense. It makes sense if you live in a world where to play on the Swift network, you have to use the Swift token. Ooh, the dollars. I don't think that's what they're comparing. I think that's something that only Bitcoiners really like. Well, it's fine if only Bitcoiners as a reference it, point. But, but would you disagree that it's similar? So like on, a, on the FTX platform, they require mm. you to use FTT token. I don't know if that's true mm. or not. I'm just playing here. But it on the Swift platform or on the United States platform, you have to use Uncle Sam token. I don't think that's a good example, though, because the, the dollar is actually really useful precisely because you can use it everywhere. That's just network effects, but it doesn't mean the platform's any different. Uh, yeah, but what they're, what they're pushing is like something that itself ought to have a network effect, but they're not letting you use the money that already has a network effect. It's like, use this network effect platform and also use our bullshit money on it. I don't know, it sounds like you're describing the dollar. It's like, not only do they rent seek, right? But they like, it's almost like completely arbitrary, you know, programmatic rent seeking because they have to first give you the money that they then rent seek from you to use the thing. How is that different? <laughs> 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 
That is true. Is a dollar's money? It's just network effects. This is why you should be making this comparison. And an army. Right? Because if you if you try to push this comparison, you're inadvertently arguing or or let, giving them the case to argue that these things are money, which they're not. It's, no, it's precisely the Neither is the dollar. It makes it so stupid. <laughs> Fine. Go ahead. They can use that <laughs> argument. It doesn't make money my comparison any less relevant right you want to play on the uncle sam platform you got to use uncle sam token you want to play on the ftx platform you got to use ftx token it's the same fucking what thing is it? Yeah. <laughs> platform is everything it's like exact like... network effects <laughs> is it isn't the if we bomb you enough you have to use uncle sam token yeah isn't the definition of fiat a, de- a decree right so the dollar is decreed in the united states and ftt is decreed on ftx as the I don't token. think that even works either, though, because so first of all, I don't think it is decreased on FTX. No, it's exactly. not. You, don't have to use it. <laughs> you can use the dollar. I don't think. I just don't. I'm sorry. I just don't think this works. This isn't. This it's isn't, okay that uh, you don't think it works because, because in actuality, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the next article from Alan just disputing this argument. Exactly. No, it's <laughs> just going to be an you know I'll, I'll tweet that I'm going to write it, but then I will never write it. If Perfect. we generate enough interest, you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to have Alan prove Greg wrong? Yeah. Retweet, oh, retweet. Yeah, yeah. That's how you framed it. You would get if, way too much. If you want to get us fired up, tell us we can't get some engagement <laughs> on it. <laughs> Bunch of Bitcoiners. So speaking of writing, I want to know, because I flip-flop on this one, like... But I want to know if writing energizes you or if it drains you. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I think it mostly energizes me. But I think there's an important caveat to that, which is that I don't do it to be energized, if that makes sense. It's not like, oh, I, like if I just write something, that'll be like, oh, what a great day. It's more like almost everything I write, I do it in order to clarify my own thinking in the first place. So actually exactly the example I gave, right? So the whole, the, the um, crypto speak Silicon Valley article, that's exactly where that came from because it started with me thinking like, shit, what am I going to say on stage? If we can, you know, if we get asked something like this and then, you know, going like batting it back and forth with Jan and being like, oh, does this make sense? This kind of makes sense. Um, thankfully I ended up not saying it on stage because it would have been a complete like garbled mess, but having to write it then made me clarify what it was I actually thought in the first place. So that, which I do find energizing. So like, that's really, it's rewarding, I guess, when, when I'm on a roll with it, it it's like, you know, I'm jazzed up. Um, but, but it has to, that has to be the starting point though. I have to have the idea first. I don't just like sit down and like, Oh, I need to get energy. Today. I feel bad today. I need to write. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah here's exactly. the idea. Now I feel good. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But no, it's definitely not draining though. Like I wouldn't do it in the first place unless I had almost exactly that like attitude and motivation. I, I it's really I, I don't think it's ever really draining me. I think maybe every now and then if I'm writing something that's just I mean almost everything I write is pretty long anyway, so this is kind of redundant. But like writing something longer, and I've just been doing it for so long. Like I've I've literally not got up for five hours or something. Like then I'll you know I'll be exhausted, but. No, I think that's different. That's just like, I don't know. So it's, it's almost, it'd be similar to exercise, I guess. It's like, you know, if you run for a couple of hours and obviously you're going to be 
tiring at the end of it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it was a horrible process. You probably enjoyed the whole thing. You're just like, oh, okay, can't do that anymore. So it's the same thing with writing. <laughs> Are you stuck on a loop? I figured if I did it long enough, it might look like I was stuck in a loop. Or if I was just sank back and free, just shaking in an interview. But, it's uh, just every once in a while, Greg just really needs to mess with the podcast listeners. <laughs> So Becca was doing it as well, but but she was nodding, whereas you were going side to side. But on my Zoom, you're right next to one another, so I kind of thought the entire Zoom was glitching. Look fantastic! Nice, perfect. Yes, are you still driving or what? <gasps> Sneak peek! Uh, oh, is that, Rusty! Is that a yellow dog? Is that okay? A... Oh, breaking news for breaking beach. news! Here we go. A, Another uh, face change. The new yellow dog coming to a store near you. What do you think, Ellen? Just in time for Christmas. Would you have bought that instead of the little hodler? MK4 fits inside. Yeah, I think I prefer this guy. Oh, uh, that's nice. That's nice. Although it is cool that it has a little like pipe. <laughs> little foundation uh, devices in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, this is a, this is a jade. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a jade hardware wallet. My nice. son's doesn't what know. What's his what seed? You turn it on? Say the uh, seed, kid. Yeah, yeah, kid, give us a seed, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just, don't just say the tell words, us the little words, words that are on there. Yeah. Yeah. Sing, sing, sing the song. <laughs> sing the song. <laughs> sing the yellow song. Give us the jingle. All right, so we're getting to the point uh, of this show where I need to make sure that R.D. gets a chance to ask his question, his, his important question. So, R.D., if you could unmute. There we go. There we go. Unmute yourself and uh, go ahead and ask Alan. I've got my notes. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Alan. But this is the important question, mate. If the, meme factory, <laughs> if the meme factory did exist, and we all know it doesn't, who would you like? Who would you retweet? And who would you mute? <laughs> As in of the what six of the of... meme factory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, however mm. many there are of us. Yeah, who knows? Well, obviously, we don't exist. Well, but... I mean, RD, I, I do, I do retweet you all the time because you ask me to all the time. <laughs> oh, busted. I don't, I don't, I, right? I don't, I don't retweet it because he asks. I am made aware of it because he asks. And then I think, oh, okay. Yeah. I retweet that. How does he ask? Does he come groveling to you? Does yeah, I'm do curious. So it's quite, it's quite a slick process. It's usually just like the tweet as a DM with no commentary. Oh. And then, you know, I do like a little laughing emoji reaction and then I retweet it. Like he made it just for you. I think sometimes he does. That's okay. my impression. At least I don't know. Ask him. Where make does the yield come from? The friends we made along the way, and the <laughs> FTX posters <laughs> as well. <laughs> All right, so we got the retweet. Who are you liking? Who are you muting? Um, who am I liking? I think I actually like uh, Becca's stuff quite a lot. Anyway, uh, this is kind of cheating because I'm just sort of telling you what I I do anyway. Um, you know what's already like on record. Um, I think that's true. I mean, you can correct me if I'm 
that doesn't actually yeah, sound. Maybe you right. can follow me back. That would be nice too. Maybe. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I can't do that because I I very strictly keep my follower count to four twenty. Oh. And so, and I'm actually over it right now. I need to call. If, I think I'm on like four twenty three at the moment. Okay. Well, if you call a few nice. uh, and you're at four nineteen, you can add me then. So I tried 424, that. Twenty four. You're on. It's okay. It's okay, Becca. We're in the list. So. All right. And who are you muting? Hmm. Probably you. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Smart. Tweeted a lot of nonsense this morning. All right. And uh, you no, know, nonsense is fine. Like almost everything I tweet is nonsense. That's obviously not the real. Well, then again, maybe people meet me. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. You no, know, it's it's like I I tend to mute people for uh repetition more than anything else it's like if they're constantly popping up and they're just always saying the same thing it's like okay i've heard that N what like next <laughs> what's it's oh, just like it's just like get off the feet like stop wasting my time right stay humble stack sats all right so i'm going to let him <laughs> ask trying to get yourself muted or, or what like you ask <laughs> all right alan this is now rds the biggest question i got an invite for you uh, do you know what's happening? Block height eight hundred and forty thousand. Uh no. Is it your birthday? Ooh, I wish I could time a thing, but I can't. <laughs> I you know probably can time on the you time, time it to within like a hundred or so. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, here's what you can time on the time chain: something that will never change. Having. Every two hundred and ten thousand. Oh, of course, right. There right. is a having, and so block height eight hundred forty. I didn't really pay attention to the number. Sorry, <laughs> just it's like a long way in the future. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We still got about a year and a half or so. We're throwing a having party in El Salvador. We got the venue. It's Ooh. gonna be popping. It's uh, at a resort on the beach, and it's gonna be unlimited food, drinks. So come on down. We're inviting you to come down to celebrate the having with the meme factory and all the Bitcoiners. Come be there. That would be awesome. If I can make it. I'm not I'm not promising now, but yeah, if I can, yeah. that would be like, I've actually I've never been to never been to El Salvador yet. So that'd be a good a good I, excuse. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. It, you know, you gotta make the pilgrimage, and this is a great reason to go to it is it is kind of become a pilgrimage yeah like every bitcoiner has to go once in their life exactly you gotta go one time not a cult okay it's, not really <laughs> it's, it's completely <laughs> rational it's totally it, rational All right, it's, so if now, it's a cult it's better than the dollar cult at, at least that's that's the truth the uncle sam platform yeah <laughs> i was i was chatting with someone in riga about um because at that time i was still contemplating going to the one that's on now, I think, right? What's that called? Adopting Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah, so they were definitely, I forget who this was actually, but they were definitely going. And we, we were joking about how it, exactly this, right? That it's like, it's not a cult, okay? I was like, okay, yes, it's a pilgrimage, but it's in no way religious. But we were thinking about how we could enhance this, basically, like how we could sort of bootstrap religious rituals around. <laughs> oh, Is that Canucks? Well, I'm still a boost, bootstrap religious rituals around. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, I got distracted. Uh, bootstrapping religious rituals around this pilgrimage. So it's like, it's not just enough that you go. It's like, well, when you go 
you then have to do X, Y, Z, right? And like, that's what everybody does when they go. But obviously this, we have to make it up, right? Because it doesn't exist. And so I think the best thing we came up with was something like, you have to go to El Zonte and you have to be like, you know, on the beach looking at the Pacific and light a dollar bill on fire and throw it into the ocean. Oh. Ooh, I'm gonna like- Have you ever tried to throw paper? No. It's not well, I mean, probably, but like not this way. There's a uh, I've never, like, never let money on fire before, so I don't really know what happens. There's a scene, there's a scene from a show called it. Arrested Development where a uh, a guy, a character by the name of Job, is trying to throw a check into an ocean that keeps flying back at him. It's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> but um, we did, I was thinking as well that another idea we had. We didn't quite finish it off, but it was like the premise that there should definitely be something involving a volcano. Oh yeah, like that's very pilgrimage. Yeah, pray to the volcano for another heaven. I've been, I've been. It'll always there. work. You got, you gotta go eat a pupusa. That's all. Also, something you gotta do. And that's like not Bitcoin related. That's just so solid. I feel like it's Bitcoin related at this point. Bitcoin's adopting it. All right, Alan. So while you've got some of the meme factory in the same spot at this point in time, do you have any questions for us before we, uh, before we call it quits for the evening? How much do you lose in FTX? One by one. <laughs> Zero. 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 What if what if we get like a Celsius and actually it all gets leaked? Are you sticking to zero? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, well, my name's actually Abdul, so I don't think anybody will find me. <laughs> yeah, nobody's finding nobody's finding Abdul. <laughs> the opsec Pedro it's not, you, didn't, you didn't register as re underscore tweet you <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely under, registered as a re now I wanted to say thank you very much for your time Alan uh, appreciate it we know it's scarce uh, do you want to well, give our viewers scarce. with any, anywhere I don't anything, have a very high opportunity cost I wouldn't worry where can our viewers find you where can they read your if stuff if I wasn't here I'd just be shit posting so I will come back anytime you're still shit posting alright so where can folks find you if they want to find more of your content uh, basically just Twitter everything goes through Twitter I mean I'm trying to think what other content even exists I guess all the like the medium stuff but it's easier to get that on Twitter than on medium um, they can get the book as well if they want. It's free. I, if you want a physical copy, you have to pay, but you can get a digital one for free. And on Twitter, that's at AlanF32, right? Yes. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for showing up tonight. Really appreciate you coming. Take a uh, take some of your time with us, Alan. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. Everybody have a good night. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Alan. Cheers, Alan. Thanks, guys.